And good morning from uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, where we're enjoying a beautiful sunrise this morning on Eastern Standard Time. We're actually an hour ahead of you guys and girls. Uh, Cherie Dubuque, a co-host with me this morning. Cherie, let's catch up on the text messages at 504-260-1870. Who's texting us this morning? All right. Well, LT, good morning from Lafitte. If you're coming down this way, keep in mind that our one road in and out will be shut down from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for the parade. So lots of Mardi Gras happenings going on there. Good morning and advice there. Absolutely. And then good morning, Mr. Don. Happy Mardi Gras. Riding in Bacchus on Sunday, Jason the Barber. In Bacchus. Didn't realize. Congratulations, Jason. Have a fun ride. Yeah, big time there. And then hope they've got a good recipe for barbecued Hoover hog in that cookbook. Uh, Brother James and Hammond, originally from Winsboro, Louisiana. So I did. You got to explain Hoover hog. Yeah. So I actually had to look it up myself. So of course, thanks to Google, barbecued Hoover hog would be armadillo prepared. I'm guessing with barbecue sauce. But I did just confirm that a Hoover hog is also known as. Armadillo. Yeah, and the Hoover, it was back, President Hoover, back during the Depression, uh, people were eating anything they could get their hands on, and uh, that's when a lot of armadillos uh, found themselves in black iron pots. But the old Hoover hog, I believe he's got a recipe for that in there. He's got definitely a really good feral hog uh, recipe. We're going to talk to Chef Philippe a little bit later on and tell you about his book, how you can order it. You can even meet him and come get a signed book. He's going to be doing a book signing with us when we go out to Marsh and Bayou on the 18th. We'll be out there in Mandeville for their grand opening of their new extension. They're, they're actually expanding the store over there. Got a lot of great products over there, and you can come out and say hello and uh, meet Chef Philippe and pick up one of his books there. He'll also tell you how you, if you want to order it online. Uh, Shree, let's talk about goats. Now, what is your official title at the plant? You're a chemical engineer, but... I'm a chemical engineer, but I am officially the reliability manager. So the other engineers, discipline engineers, mechanical, electrical, instrumentation, inspectors, that is my team. Okay. Now, your other two, your two sisters... They're the they're drug dealers. Yeah, they're pharmacists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amanda, who we're here in Knoxville, she lives here, and of course, uh, the middle child, Tammy, she's over there in the Robertsdale, Alabama area, and they they deal in drugs. But you do that. But unofficially, you're also a goat rancher. So tell us about these goats. We're ex- we're dropping off Pearl. We talked about the dog, but we're returning with two goats. Yeah, so I try to be quite efficient with my time. And so this opportunity to bring Pearl this distance um, is combined with I am also a goat rancher. My farm is called Lady Luck Farms, and I raise African pygmy goats. And so this is a registered breed of goat. They originated as a meat goat. Um, most of them are they're quite small, anywhere from about 19 to 23 inches at the back. So small goats um, in this day and age, more so used as pets than they are for meat. But there is a breeder that is here, coincidentally, not far from M- Mandy, my sister here in Knoxville. And he's called, his farm is called Wonderland Pygmies. And so interestingly enough, Louisiana has a very healthy population of African pygmy goats. And so the small herd of seven pygmies that I have right now, all six of those have come from Louisiana. 
And so I'm looking to expand my genetic pool. And so here we are combining our trip to hand Pearl off so she can go to her new home to pick up two pygmy goats, precious and dumpling from Wonderland Pygmies. And they are going to become part of the family which is Lady Luck Farms. In Woodsboro, Texas. Well, yeah. I'll tell you, they're better off as pets. I mean, at that size, there's more meat on a rabbit than what you got on those goats. <laughs> it wouldn't. Now, goat is very good to eat. What do they call it? Cabrito, I believe, is what they call it. But uh, pygmy goats, no, they're better off as pets. Yeah, um, they, they, again, small, um, and they're not incredibly uh, popular in the sense that they're just not prolific, um, certainly not across the southern region of the United States. And so they can be um, quite pricey. We take pride in breeding good genetics in these goats. And so a lot of people do find, you know, I always say that if people knew what good pets these goats make, that, um, you know, neighborhoods in subdivisions and homeowners associations would be in big trouble because they're extremely less expensive in terms of maintenance than a dog and equally as friendly, um, certainly not as high maintenance as I mentioned. And so, you know, they're great, great pets for kids, um, for people. They don't require much space. Again, very, very low maintenance to keep those goats. Um, but they are considered, in spite of their small size, they are considered livestock. And they probably fit in good with Joe Biden's Go Green program because you can replace your gas lawnmower with them, too. They'll do a little grass eating for you. Yeah. Grass clipping. <laughs> <laughs> very little. All right. Uh, that's the goat story from uh, Cherie Dubuque, a goat rancher, as well as uh, many other things. All right. We come back after this, more of your text messages. And we got a fishing report from Captain Mike Gallo of Angling Adventures of Louisiana. He's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, MoneyWise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, yeah, they're singing that down around Angling Adventures of Louisiana. And our Born on the Bayou report with Captain Mike Gallo is a sponsorship of CETO for $199 a year. That'll get you a membership. And that membership will get you unlimited fuel drops, jump starts for electrical problems, tow in from anywhere, whatever it takes to get you back safely. CETO is like having a AAA policy only on the water. Call Captain Chris. You can reach him at 504-301-4545 or a simple click to CETO.com. It's days like this with cold fronts and windy weather and chilly temperatures. You do not want to be marooned. Oh, it's not too pleasant to be out there when the gnats and the mosquitoes are there in the summer, too. But you'll get taken care of by Captain Chris. Just go to CETO.com, sign up, and you have no more worries. Let's talk to Captain Mike Gallo. Get a report. Uh, it's Mardi Gras weekend, Mike. Uh, weather today looking horrible. Uh, are you canceling trips today, but maybe going out tomorrow? No trips for me, Don. Um, I am actually down in New Orleans with my group from Texas. They came in last Sunday, and we actually fished Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And it's just been a terrible week. As far as 
it's been a terrible week as far as weather. You know, Monday we had good conditions, really tough to find clean water with all the wind we had in the previous week. We did find some clean water, and we caught a few fish. But between two boats, it was around a dozen. Uh, it got a little bit better on Tuesday and Wednesday. I threw the towel in as far as fishing strictly plastics. We secured some fresh dead bait, and we found a deep hole with three bayous come together deep in the marsh, some fairly clean water, and had a nice catch of um, black drum. Ended up catching a dozen black drum, one redfish, one speckled trout, and four freshwater catfish on Wednesday. So um, if you're going out, that would be my advice. Get you some good fresh or live shrimp and find you a deep hole with some the cleanest water you can find. And if they're there, you'll know. You'll know pretty soon. We had lots of action on Wednesday. It was just catch two or three to keep one um, because a lot of them were undersized in a little puppy drum. Yeah, that, that dead bait on the bottom can uh, really help save a fishing trip. Mike, while we're on the subject of black drum, uh, closely related to red drum or redfish, tell me about the difference in the fight. How can you tell when you hook up whether you have a drum or a redfish on? Well, I would say the drum's going to stay a little deeper. Redfish generally within the first couple of minutes will migrate towards the surface as you're fighting them, and drum will tend to stay down until you physically force them up to the surface. And as far as uh, for the table, do you prepare them the same way? Grill them uh, on the half shell or any other recipes for drum? I know they serve them in restaurants, and they are excellent fish. Yeah, they are very good table fare, and we do cook them in as many different ways or the same amount of ways as you cook redfish. We cook them on the half shell. We can fillet them all the way where you can fry them, steam them, broil them, and put them in a good microwave if you choose, and they're good either way. Mike, uh, we, we passed the frontal system now, and uh, we, we're left with the residual effects. I call it picking up the pieces. Wedding's going to be out of the west, pretty smooth conditions tomorrow. Things are going to start to settle down. Give me a couple of spots that recover quickly after fronts for somebody that's got some time off during the Mardi Gras holidays and want to get out and fish in the next three or four days. Well, deep in the marsh, Don, uh, I'm sure there's people all across the area that are going to go out and make a trip and we've had some pretty big tides water's been low in the morning and rising towards the evening so there's a couple of ways to look at it on a big tide let's just say the tide is moving two miles an hour and you know it's going to rise for say 12 hours so if a bayou you're in is only three miles long and it's connected to a lake the lake is going to be dirty and then that dirty water is going to go in with the incoming tide, and it's certainly going to go three miles in the duration of the time of the day. So you'll have to go, like I say, deep in the marsh. And if you can find an area where you can get, say, five to eight miles back into a marsh through all those turns, you'll have gotten further back than the water is going from the lake. You just got to imagine the water in the lake is dirty. The water in the bayou gets cleaner as you get further away from it. It would seem like that water actually moves in and out, which it does 
but it sort of goes out, comes back in. So in the course of 24 hours, the water didn't go anywhere. It simply moved eight miles away and then turned around and came back eight miles. So the water that's deep in the marsh might make its way out toward the edge by the lake, and then it turns around and goes back in. So it'll clean up. The grass in the, in the uh, bayous will help assist in cleaning that water. So the deeper you get in there, the cleaner the water you're going to find. I would say, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, cleanest water we found may have had 8 to 10 inches of clarity. It was a lot of dirty water, and it's been windy every day since. So that's, that's going to be your best bet. The deeper you can get in the marsh, the better. Good advice. Mike, uh, to find you, aaofla.com. You're also on my webpage at dontheoutdoorsguy.com. And I, I, believe it or not, I got your phone number memorized because I had someone, uh, a customer, that requested your number, and I gave it to him this week. So why don't you give out that phone number? Very simple. You can reach me at 985-781-7811. All right, my friend. Enjoy your Mardi Gras with your buddies from Texas, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Don. We'll talk to you then. All righty. Coming back after this, it's time to talk to a guy that uh, was the winner of the Captain Quint contest. Uh, he's the official Bayou Wild TV representative of Captain Quint from the movie Jaws. He's also known as Eric Mohabarak, and he's got your paddler's report. And we're also going to preview for you the Flatty Frenzy episode of Bayou Wild TV. He played the starring role in it. We're back with him right after this on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And our paddlers report with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club is a presentation of Massey's Outfitters. Kayakers love them. There are three locations in Mid-City, New Orleans, and Baton Rouge. And a guy you can find hanging out there pretty often is our Captain Quint. We also know him as Captain Eric Mohabarak of Louisiana Kayak Company. And a lot of stuff going on over that Massey's, huh, Eric? Yeah, Don, they got all the new hobbies in, man. Uh I think they are still running that Massey's tournament, uh, you know, the, the 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 fishing tournament, the photo catch and release tournament. They got some clothes, that, some of the finest clothes on sale, too, over there. I'm going to have to go get me some extras. And then uh, we're going to go to the Sportsman Show, and I think uh, March 4th is the uh, demo day. I'm going to have to check with John over there on Valley at, at the North Shore. I'm not sure what day, but I'm pretty sure it's the 4th of uh, March on that uh, demo day. Come out and try a free kayak ride and see which one you like. Yeah, they're also going to have an exhibit at the Sportsman Show in Gonzales on March 17th through 19th. Yeah, I'm going to make one of those days. I'm just not sure of the day it's going to be. I got something on the 17th, I know, uh, for sure. But the other days, I'm pretty much open. And they are sponsoring uh, p- part of the Boats on the Bayou segment of the New Orleans Big Bass Rodeo on the 25th of March, which is the oldest freshwater fishing contest in the nation. That's right, Don. They, they sure are. And, look, they they came off on a lot of stuff, a $500 gift certificate, a $600 grill. If Just for signing up, you win a, a, you can have a chance to win a $600 Nomad grill. But, uh, you know, it's like $500, $400, $300 for a second, third place bass. Uh, then they have the other fish categories, you know, which could be in a trash fish or the biggest red fish or something like that. But uh, they they really went out all ends on that. Just uh, call a store. Uh, you can check with Danica uh, Williams over there, or uh, you can check with, uh, you know, the, uh, on the City Park website. They, they got it all up there. You can see all the information on it. Yeah, it's NewOrleansCityPark.org, and you can find out about the battle for the yeah. bass and the festival and 
all those events. And we'll talk more about it when we get closer to it. Uh, this morning, I did want yeah. to talk about Flatty Frenzy. You had the starring role in our Bayou Wild episode of Season 10 that's on the air right now. Tell us about that trip. Boy, what a great day that was. Huh? Don, Don, I can't take the starring role. That's all on the wildlife weaver. He, he's the one who tracked <laughs> down the fish down the coast, you know. That's all. It's all about the weave. I was just, uh, I was just a part to get lucky enough to catch a fish, you know. And uh, it, what, what a phenomenal place to fish, though. You know, it's something that's highly overlooked. Uh, you know, like I just had a friend of mine. Well, you're gonna drive two hours in Mississippi. I'm like, you're gonna drive two hours to Venice. Ain't much difference. But uh, it, it's easy to, it's easy to fish, easy access. You know, uh, you just gotta, you know, work your way down the beaches and, and find, you know, pilings and and rock jetties and stuff like we happen to find them on a rock jetty that day. But you know, just just find places where the flounder could hang out and try it. And you know what, first spot might not have it, but the third spot may. Yeah, and. Uh... In addition to the great flounder cat, I think we had 27 flounders total. It's a limit of 10 per yeah. person over there in, in Mississippi. Uh, you also mm-hmm. hooked up and got a real nice fight out of a big jack creval. Yeah, Don, that was actually one of the biggest jacks I've caught from land or from a kayak or from boat. Um, I, I don't know the weight of it, but, uh, you know, I'm a pretty pretty uh, fat boy, and uh, you can see, see in the, in the mm-hmm. film that it, it's a pretty big fish that was on me. So uh, I'm going to say it's one of the biggest ones I've caught in, you know, in all the years of my fishing. You know, that's uh, uh, great fish. And that's something else, too. That's it's that's an easy thing you can do. Right along the beach because the road's right there. Up oh, there's the jacks and the ball reds. Launch the boat and go, ca- go catch a fish. It's, it, it's, it, that, that's an easy thing to do right down the coast. But you're right. Uh, the Weave, Chris Weaver, he, he does a great job, and he's mastered that art of catching those flounders huh. in the rocks and we want to thank him for that uh, great trip and a great video. Invite everybody to watch it. Uh, it's uh, season 10. It's uh, called Flatty Frenzy. Go to BayouWildTV.com, and you can find a station near you or check it out on our YouTube page. Uh, Eric, if you would, before you go, yep. give us one spot that you would recommend for Mardi Gras fishermen over the next two or three days with a kayak. Well, Don, you know what? With the way the wind's blow- been blowing at the north, I- I'd go get off the of Highway 1. Uh, they have been catching a few trout off there. Uh, I didn't see any limits, but, you know, 10, 15 fish is nice. And then uh, you never know, it might be your day to catch a limit. Um, I always say go three days after a front comes through. You know, it's been blowing pretty hard. It's, it's a little muddy down in Port Salford and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, fish your protected areas. Water's going to be a little low with the north wind. Um, try and look for, for cuts in the marsh, trenashes that dump into deeper bayous. It's got some flats on the side. You know, it it, it, it didn't get that cold, but, but it may have uh, adjusted the fish a little bit. And, uh, you know, look look a little bit later in the afternoon. I'm saying later in the afternoon. Let's say 1030 or so when that water starts to warm up a little bit on them flats and redfish will start coming up, piling on top of them flats, and uh, you'll be able to sight cast them if you can find some clean water. Very good advice. Eric, when people see that, they may want to go do that. Are you licensed to, to charter in Mississippi? Because I know you travel with your kayaks. You're one of the few kayak guides they have in the area. Uh, can you take them to Mississippi and fishing? I don't know the answer to that, but I guess I need to look into that because I've never thought about guiding out of Mississippi. Um, 
Uh, but I'm not sure of the rules on what I need to do over in Mississippi and stuff. I know I needed to buy a license just like everybody else. That was a 40-day, three-day three pass. Or it's a, I think it's a $90 uh, yearly pass over there. As far as guiding, I don't know. But I do uh, have a friend over there. If anybody wants to contact me, I, I could set him up with over there. And um, I'm sure he can uh, give him some information on that. All right. Well, you're on my web page. You've also got a Facebook page. Give the telephone number if they want to give you a call. Yeah. Um, easiest way is uh, uh, to call me, 504-313-8292. Very good. All right, Eric, enjoyed the trip with you. Looking forward to the next one. Uh, have yeah. a great Mardi Gras weekend, and uh, we'll catch up with you in a couple weeks. All right, Don, I'm going to go eat my pasta lie and get my boot air from Jameson. You know where I'm headed. <laughs> oh, now you're you hurting me. Now you're hurting me. Okay. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm over here. You know where I'm at. <laughs> I know exactly where you're All right, you are. Don, Thank have you. a good day. All righty. That's Captain Quint, we call him. If you look at him, he looks a lot like Captain Quint, maybe more than Captain Quint. All right, we come back after this. One of the strangest bad boy the outdoor tales we've ever had. And when I say tales, that's in quotations. We'll be right back. With the outdoors with Don Debute Radio Network. All right, you're listening to us from Eastern Standard Time, Knoxville, Tennessee. My daughter Amanda is number three daughter, and we have number one daughter here with me, Sheree. And Sheree, let's catch up on that text message board. All right, yeah, we got a few more text messages that have come in. Happy Mardi Gras, Don. Riding in Endymion today, Hail Endymion from the Big Man Bassin. You got a lot of popular friends out there in these high-profile parades. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, goats, great. What's the best cart-pulling breed? I'm getting a goat. Thanks. Well, just a warning that goats are herd animals, and so you need two. But check out Nubians, Alpines, and La Manchas if you're looking for working goats, and that is a thing. Okay. Jerry Neal from Gonzales. The Atacapa landing is closed for a complete renovation. They're about a third of the way into a 200-day project. Now, we were talking about that with Jeff earlier. That's a very popular launch down in Lake Verrett right now, but uh, it's definitely in need of a remake, so I'm glad to hear that. So Silver Hill guy, good morning. Had frost on the windshield this morning, going to work at the paper mill. This season seems to be a month early with the sheephead already showing up and also flounder. Yeah, they're having a good run on sheephead over the Alabama coast. Thanks, Silver Hill guy. All right, and this one is another one in the family. I recommend a weekend on Lake Catherine, maybe all Nash together, or Mike Dubuque's camp. Both places are a plus for memories. <laughs> we see a lot of those memories in family photos yes, that come do. our way, and yes, we like we it. Do. Keep them coming. All righty. We're going to take a quick 10-second pause when I come back. Ugh. A nasty bad boy report. We'll tell you about it right after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Well, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Agents Lieutenant Scott Dupre, Sergeant Gerald Sander, and Corporal Jeremy Foray were notified on February the 6th about a social media video, the kind that often lead to wildlife and fisheries violations, that was posted by Harris Dehart showing him gaffing a nutria, cutting the tail off, and then releasing the nutria, injured yet still alive. After further investigation, the agents found multiple other videos showing DeHart conducting this activity and also teaching a juvenile how to remove the tail from the nutria and keep it alive. According to the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, nutria and other non-game species, the use of spears, pitchforks, bows and arrows, gigs, and other weapons uh, any like devices are prohibited and can only be taken with a 22 caliber rifle and a shotgun less than 10 gauge using steel shot. 
The agents arrested DeHart, booked him into the St. Mary Parish Jail, seized his nutrient control program permit for, for aggravated cruelty to animals, contributing to delinquency of a juvenile, illegally taking non-game quadrupeds, and failing to have a personal flotation on someone under 17 while underway in a boat, all of which, if convicted, could result in criminal fines of up to an even $27,000 plus up to 10 years in jail for 45-year-old Harris DeHart of Patterson, Louisiana, our bad boy of the outdoors. Cherie, what do you think about this one? I know you're an animal lover, but you're not a, a, a Peter card-carrying member. You also hunt, but, I mean, that's just, you know, taking a tail off of a nutrient. What does he think, the lizards, and it's going to grow back? You know, it's $6 a tail, but, you know, kill the animal and make good use of it. There's, there's some value in nutrient. Yeah, I think what's disappointing is is this is the way that those of us who are true sportsmen end up with bad reputations. You know, this is a situation where, again, you know, as hunters, we respect the animals that we harvest, the birds that we take, the fish, and, and we do so in a way that um, as much as we possibly can limits pain to the animals. We do have that respect. And so this is a bit disappointing to hear um, this situation. Well, I, I think it's, it's a little bit of lunacy. And then he's t showing someone, a youngster, a juvenile, how to do it. Uh, if I were the judge in this case, in addition to a big serious fine and maybe some jail time, I'd get him recommend some counseling, mandatory. A guy is just not right. I mean, you know, nutria, the tails will freeze in extreme cold because they really don't belong in Louisiana. They're invasive. And if it gets very cold for extended periods of time, their tails will actually fall off, and they, they do survive. But that's a very important tool for survival is that tail. And to just gaff them and cut the tail off and throw them back, uh, he, he definitely needs a little counseling. And by the way, if you want to participate in the Operation Game Thief program, which this one was started, somebody saw it on social media, there's an opportunity to make some money. They paid $9,700 to anonymous citizens uh, across the state of Louisiana in Louisiana Operation Game Thief program. There were 36 subjects arrested and 150 offenses, and that was not for the entire year. For, for the year of 2022, there were $21,200 in rewards that were paid out. I'm saying you could sit at home, Cherie, look on your computer, find these violations, because these knuckleheads, they do it all the time, most of these cases. That's how they get caught. they got to brag about it and show videos and pictures of what they did and the details of it, and you could you know, claim rewards. You could actually make a living out of it. Absolutely. If you're savvy among social media, it seems like you can find these things quite easily. All right, what do you, the audience, think about this guy? Text us, 504-260-1870. Coming back with the Plastic Man, Captain Ryan Lambert, Cajun Fishing Adventures, is next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Sure, you know why we call Ryan Lambert the Plastic Man, don't you? Well, I think it has to do with what it is that he likes to fish with. That's exactly what it is. He does not like the use shrimp. Captain Ryan joins us now. Ryan, what are you doing on this breezy Saturday morning? Nice, plenty of sunshine, but a lot of dirty water. What's going on? Oh, gosh, the water's been filthy. The last three days have been uh, just, is, you know, you catch fish, but it's just tough conditions to fish in. The boys the boys have to go out again today, and it's cold. But I, I, I'm going to go to the Fouchon and uh, visit someone down there today. I haven't yeah, been down well, there in quite, quite some time. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I know a lot of people have not been down there since the storm, but I hear it's coming back uh, slowly but surely, and that, that's a good thing. Uh, you fishing down there or just visiting? I, I don't quite know what we're going to do yet. Uh, they just invited us yesterday to go, and Carmen says, we're going. I said, yes, dear. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm going to the flu show. <laughs> but I just got back from the lodge yesterday. I came back. We had an uh, engagement dinner for Katie last night. So I came back home, and I fished the last few days. It was uh, you know, redfish and, and catfish mixed up and bass all in the same place, you know, just – Try to try to get out the wind. You know, it was very difficult when it was this time of year and the water's dirty and you got 20, 30-mile-an-hour wind. You got to really pick your spots and, and survival fish, I call it. But we did. We survived and we made people happy, so that's what counts. Absolutely. Uh, Mississippi River, it's about nine and a half right now. Uh, what do you expect? Yeah. What are you seeing downrange for the long-term forecast for the Mississippi? Well, um, it's it's not going to get real real high. I mean, as it is right now, that's that's up there, but it's not terribly bad. I mean, it's uh, if it stays there around ten, I don't have any problem at all. You know, it's it'll be good. Um, the as the water warms up, it just depends on which way the wind blows. You know, I, I think I, I could probably go catch trout in the evening right now, but you have to catch them on a high tide when it's they're getting on top of the reefs because we have uh, some negative tides right now, and in the morning the water's, I mean, really, really low. So it's just very difficult to catch a trout when it's like that and the water temperature. So as soon as, as, soon as everything starts tapering off with this, these cold fronts, then I'll go looking for them. But right now I, have, I haven't been looking for them. The water, the water's filthy. I mean, it's, it's dirty everywhere right now because not just the river but the wind. I mean, the wind has just yeah. been howling. So on, even on the west side, it's dirty right now, so it's hard to sight fish. But, you know, it doesn't take but a couple of tides to clean it up. I mean, if the wind blows out the north, and especially northwest, and, and pushes the river, you know, from southwest past the other way, I mean, it cleans up really, really fast. So then you just get some water temperature and some, some tide, and you're in business again. So, you know, it's coming soon. And within a couple of weeks, we'll be catching trout. You know, I just got a text in from the Convent Hunting Club. It's a bunch of rabbit hunters, and they're getting ready to turn the dogs loose. And, boy, weather like this, mornings like I think back to oh, that, those rabbit hunts we made down there in the river. Boy, it is incredible down there. Have the rabbits come back, and can you put together a rabbit hunt for us? Um, probably so. Probably so. Uh, we'll have to do it quick, huh? <laughs> yeah. But they're, yeah. They're, all ra- they're all rabbits again. There's, there's rabbits right there uh, on my place. So uh, I would imagine we could do it. Well, we might have to wait uh, till next season. That particular rabbit hunt that, that you're talking about, I, I when they turn the dogs loose and all that shooting <laughs> started, I really <laughs> thought we walked in on somebody's duck pond. You know, I said, "Oh my God, we done, we done, you walked right in on somebody's duck hunt." And and man, you walked over there that pipeline. I thought we was being attacked. I felt like a giant carrot. <laughs> that was, that <laughs> was incredible. From every direction. I had that looked a little over and under 410. I couldn't load it quick enough. <laughs> We're going to have to pull that video out and watch it again and enjoy it. Well, Ryan, yeah, thanks for the report. Oh, and enjoy your trip, and uh, we'll catch up with you later. They can find you at CajunFishingAdventures.com, and give them that telephone number. You always answer. Oh, yeah. They could call me anytime at 504-559-5111, and we are booking up. i tell you what, it's going to be another great year. Sounds good. Thanks, Ryan. We'll see you next week, buddy. All right, but see ya. Yeah, we go. All right, Captain Ryan Lambert, Cajun Fishing Adventures. Yeah, I have to go back and pull 
some uh, video of that rabbit hunt. It was one of those incredible hunts. All right, we come back after this. Chef Philippe is going to join us to talk about his new book, Can't Beat Em, Eat Em, right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we're getting a lot of text messages on what the sentence would be for the guy that cut the tails off of the Nutria, and a guy that knows what to do with Nutria is going to join us in just a second. But I did want to respond to Jamie's asking about a starter kayak. My suggestion is before you buy any kayak is, is do the, uh, the, 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 day, the demo day with Massey Outfitters. Go to MasseyOutfitters.com. I think they got one coming up on March 4th. You can try before you buy. I prefer, prefer the pedal models because it's hands-free, but that's kind of on the upper end, so I'm not sure if you want to get it started. But I would suggest going and doing the demo day, and you'll find one that you like. All right, uh, he joins us now, Chef Philippe Parola. He knows what to do with those nutri. He does wonderful things with them (laughs) and 40 other invasive species, and he's been on a mission for a number of years to promote the title of his book, which is Can't Beat Them, Eat Them. It's one way to save the ecosystem, control over population of invasive species, and also at the same time, do some fine dining with them. Chef, good morning. Tell us about your book, Can't Beat Them, Eat Them. Well, good morning, Don. Um, absolutely, uh, Can't Beat Them, Eat Them. It's, uh, again, it's, uh, it's a book that is uh, <clears throat> talking about uh, 40 invasive species uh, in North America uh, with recipes, actually, for each one of them. And not only with recipes, we also uh, describe each invasive species, uh, where they come from, um, uh, the geographic area, the where they're at, and also the threat to their ecosystem. And uh, this book is to educate people, actually, about those invasive species and what they do. Um, you know, over the years, Don, and you know that, I have seen uh, the wild boar, the nutria, the Asian carp, just those three, uh, right there in Louisiana, destroying pretty much uh, wildlife habitat. And uh, we need to preserve those uh, great recreational fishing and, and hunting. And uh, eradication is pretty much impossible. We know that. So the only solution that I see is uh, putting a skillet on a barbecue pit. And uh, you get to your good meal, and uh, you can be part of saving the ecosystem. Yeah, it is so, certainly the most cost-effective way that there is to control these absolutely. invasives. Uh, what is your favorite one dish, uh, if you had to pick one out of the 40 that you did? <laughs> well, Which I'll one you would what, you, you rest? All right, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think that everybody knows about those Asian cop. They are everywhere. They jump in your boat, messed up your boat. Um, so um, uh, you were there, actually, when I barbecued, and um, – you know, you kind of butterfly, got it, butterfly, and play on a barbecue pit, just like you will do a redfish or a snapper, literally. And uh, you can remove the bone easily when it's cooked and uh, prepare a nice little dressing and so on. It makes the best fish taco you can ever imagine. And uh, I guarantee you, one of these 30-pounders, he will feed 10, 15 people for sure. Now, one way so, to get your book will be to come out to the book signing when we do our live broadcast at the Martian Bayou in Mandeville on March 18th. Absolutely. Chef Philippe, you can come out there and meet him, talk about invasives, get a copy of his book. If someone wants to order the book now, how would they do that? Well, you go to my website, and uh, I think actually you can go to your website as well. Uh, but to my website, kenbidamidam.us, and uh, you get all the information uh, you know you, you need. And uh, you will see a bunch of those videos about cooking invasive species and so on. So uh, it's a pretty easy process. 
you know, you can go to Barnes & Noble, order it, uh, go to Amazon and order it. So it's pretty much everywhere. Again, can't beat them, eat them. Uh, what a great slogan that is, and it's been <laughs> Chef Philippe's mantra for a number of years. He and I started this, I don't know, 20 years ago with the Nutria yeah, Ragnodad. Like that. We had Winn-Dixie yeah. selling Nutria sauces, which is almost <laughs> unbelievable, but it's a great product, and uh, it's a great way to help control an invasive species, as it is with all of those you've done. Congratulations on a great book. It's oh, a wonderful publication. The photographs, the information, the details, and, of course, the recipes are all a winner. Chef, uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll look forward well, to seeing you. you at the book signing on March 18th in Mandeville yes. over that way. Absolutely. We'll see you there. All righty. Thank you, Chef. Bye. We appreciate it. Chef Philippe Parola. Can't beat them, eat them is the way to go. Cherie, we got a few text messages to close out with here before we wrap up. What we were looking at was um, the folks who were doing dog hunting. Got to say, love hanging behind those dogs, even if they're rabbit dogs. And then um, one thing I think was important, a couple of folks t texted in saying that after listening to the bad boy story, they had an opportunity to talk with some younger um, kids in their family about what happened. And so I think there's an opportunity for education to make sure that we teach kids to respect what's in the outdoors. Yeah, the younger generations, I find, are certainly more conservation and ethically oriented than the old-timers, and that's a good thing. We'll see you all next week. We're wrapping up here in Knoxville, Tennessee with co-host Cherie Dubuque. I'm Don Dubuque. You've been listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network.